0: Do I need a music manager? And when do I need a music manager? What does a manager really do? And until I have one, how can I effectively manage myself as an artist? To answer these questions, I chat with Simone Ubaldi, Director of Sundowner Artists and Co-Manager of internationally acclaimed three-time ARIA award-winning band, Amel and the Sniffers. Simone has pursued, developed and managed the Sniffers' partnerships with Rough Trade Records as part of the Beggars Group, Universal Music Publishing, ATC Live Agency and Virgin Music Australia, amongst others, and oversaw the band's extensive strategic international touring and a successful international debut album release pre-COVID. She managed the production and release of The Sniffers' Aria number 2 album, Comfort to Me, that charted in the top 25 album charts in the UK, Germany, Spain and the top 20 Billboard physical sales charts in the USA. It's not surprising Simone was named the Australian Association of Artist-Managers Inaugural Manager of the Year in 2022 and won the 2023 Lighthouse Award celebrating Australia's female and non-binary managers. I love how clearly Simone articulates the role of a manager in this conversation and I value her transparent responses to my questions about how to build a team. Thanks for joining me. I'm Francesca de Valence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Magic of Songwriting podcast with iHeart Songwriting Club. In this podcast, we help you reconnect with and experience the transformation, the joy, and the magic of songwriting so that you can become the songwriter you've always dreamed of being. I'm Francesca de Valence, and I'll be your guide. Let it go. will be okay. Big welcome to the Magic of Songwriting podcast. Simone Ubaldi. thanks Thank for joining you. me. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, so we're in Adelaide at IndieCon, and um, I heard you speak on a panel about. Um, well, it wasn't about management, but I think that that's what the conversation we're going to have today is. Yeah. Um, I'm a manager. You are a manager of <laughs> many uh, artists doing some really cool scenes. Do you want to talk about some of the people that you're working with at the moment?
1: Sure thing. We have five artists that we represent at Sundowner uh, Music. Um, Sundowner is myself, and my partner, Andrew Parisi. Um, and we take care of Amel and the Sniffers, who um I'm very... Grateful to say lots of people know, punk act. They've won some ARIA awards, haven't they? They've won a few. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they've got a pretty solid international touring career as well as being pretty well respected here at home. Uh, We also take care of a woman called Grace Cummings who is a really phenomenal kind of... St. Vincent category talent, just this powerhouse voice. And she is uh, she just recorded her third phenomenal record with a guy called Jonathan Wilson in LA who produces all of Father John Misty's records and Angel Olsen. We're really excited for the release of that at the end of 2023, 2024. Um, we take care of this amazing emergent band, emergent, emerging, um, called Girl and Girl from Brisbane, who are just like just phenomenal garage rock, super catchy. And they have just signed to Sub Pop recently and they're currently recording their debut album. Um, And who else? We have two amazing psych bands out of Brisbane that we take care of, Nice Biscuit and Baby Cool, who also have just done um, international label deals and uh, have albums coming out and, yeah, that's our our family.
0: It sounds like a beautiful family and an eclectic one and one based – in loads of different places,
1: yeah, we have Melbourne. Well, we have Melbourne and we have Brisbane, and the is a fast becoming global, and they may, yeah. may land overseas at some point in the near future.
0: I think for um, artists who want to be, um, you know, having a career as an artist—not just a hobby artist, but having a career—they um, want a manager. They You know, they want to find someone that will help them and support them. And I think this is a very, I'd love to have a really simple conversation with you about what your role is as a manager. How does this work on a sort of a planning strategic or a macro business level? And then what are you actually doing day to day? Um, And then maybe, you know, how can artists do some of those things to get themselves to a point where maybe they can be um, in a conversation with a manager and like at what point would they a manager want to work with them. So, you know, start anywhere. (laughs) Bunch of questions.
1: So what is a manager? A manager is literally somebody who helps you to manage all of the business aspects of your career. There's lots of different kinds of managers in the world and they have uh, different strengths and weaknesses. Some of them are really strong on marketing, for example. Some of them are very strong on Touring, some of them a bit lean in to kind of um, creative direction and A&R. That's not what we do at Sundowner. Our artists are very self-directed in terms of their creative output. We um, work with them once they've kind of done their creative bit, their songwriting and their song recording and, um, although we have a hand in helping them to m- make their music in terms of actually the logistical side of producers and studios. Um, but once they've kind of delivered the product, we kind of connect them to all the other people in the industry that help them to tour, perform, promote, distribute their music. Um, so we are kind of the, well, literally the the, the people who manage uh, all of the other team members who are involved in an artist's career. I think that's I don't know if that's the most like pithy way of uh, explaining it, but yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. We kind of steer the business.
0: Yeah, I love that. So it, do you see the business as being yourself and the artist or the artist brand is the business? like how does how do you even is the music the business? like the music?
1: Well, I mean, we feel that the business is the artist. It's their business, right? Their music, you can You can talk about brand being associated with that, but fundamentally, their vision and their creativity is the business. Um, and we work in partnership with them. It's under their direction, like certainly in our business, the artist has the ultimate say in everything that happens. We give advice, we sometimes have very robust conversations about differences of opinion, but ultimately it's the artist's vision, it's their work, and we're just helping them to achieve what they're vision is.
0: Is there a um, a key next player that you would often go to, or is this very much dependent on the artist?
1: What do you mean by key next player?
0: So, you know, if you're connecting them to different parts of the industry, some of those parts might be in touring, so therefore connecting them with a booking agent, um, or maybe you're doing some of that yourself, or is it connecting with them with labels or publishers, or is there a key next part of the... A, team player that you think helps build the business in a um, a strategic way that supports the artist. It kind of depends. definitely
1: like you need to put a whole team together. Weirdly, um, a lawyer is often the next person who comes along, you start having conversations with people who need to navigate a contract and you bring on somebody who makes sure that what you're setting up for an artist is kind of legally sound moving forward. But in terms of the real kind of meat and potatoes of how they're, um, presenting and distributing. We are, we tend to go for an agent as the first port of call before we look at labels. Um, that's just the nature of our business. We, we work with artists who do very well in the live landscape, so we tend to be looking for partners who can help to kind of build um, a live audience and help them to build momentum through that live audience to make sure that there is an audience there before the artist starts releasing music into the void because uh, it's it's very difficult to get any kind of visibility or traction with your music, if you don't have a a baked in audience,
0: are we talking domestically at this point, or also in other other markets?
1: You start domestic, and then you build out. It just happens that with, I mean, n- we one hundred percent have got booking agents on board for Australia before we start looking internationally. Except in one case where it just happened that booking agents that we work with on our other artists came to Big Sound in Australia when we were scouting an act. And we're all there at the same time uh, with our key international agents. And we agreed simultaneously with our key international agents that it's a project that we all wanted to work on. But that was like... A rare case. That was a rare case. It was a great exception to the rule. Um, yeah, generally we go we go booking and then after booking we kind of go label.
0: And what what sort of conversations are you having with the booking agent? Because I know, again, like there are so many artists that you know, are not in a position to be working with a manager and, of course, there are so many more artists than there are managers. Mm. Um, So what are the sort of conversations that you're navigating with booking agents and what sort of things are you um, taking to them? Well, I mean, this is, is,
1: you know, you asked me earlier about how artists can start to get, involved with managers or start to look to getting a manager to help grow their career. The conversations that we have with booking agents are the same kind of conversations or the things that we're perceiving as managers before we get involved with people, which is like the story of momentum. Where analysis come from, what they've managed to achieve before you're going to jump on as a team member and the potential of where it has to go. Um, So this is what we're looking at as managers before we start working with people. What have they done? How many fans do they have already embedded? Where's the evidence that it's already rolling? Because management and, you know, booking agents as well, it's, we can't actually move a steel boulder. We, you can, but it's very, very hard. And you're going to burn an enormous amount of energy uh, trying to do that that may or may not be successful. We always tell our artists it might work, it might not. We're just going to give it a try. But it's certainly easier if an artist has done uh, a lot of early days work to build an audience, to build their Instagram followers, to build their Spotify followers, to release some things and actually have some evidence of traction. And then we join, you know, as management, we get on board and then we become further evidence of traction because, you know, unfortunately the industry the, the kind of professional business and the commercial end of the industry is extremely cagey about starting to work with new people. Talent alone isn't enough and they, they kind of want to co-sign. They want to co-sign an artist and they want evidence that there are experienced professional people around them who are going to help bring what is a creative talent to a commercial place that makes it worthy of e- the investment of everyone's time and energy. So we jump on board as managers and then we become part of the story of momentum. It's not a it's not a huge one, but it's it's something, you know, the, okay, management is on board, so it's a bit more of a going concern. And then we go to the booking agents and we go, here is where their audience base is at. This is where their releases are at. These are the plans for future releases. These are how many demos they have in the bag to show that they're actually generating content. This is how they do on, we don't really work with these artists, but this is how great they are at social media and producing content for all the platforms that you need to be active on in order to, be successful artists these days um and we tell that story and then the agent jumps on board and then the agent goes to all of their promoter and festival partners and they go here's the story of this artist here's where they are so far here's the management that's on board now we're on board and we're this great booking agency and this is where they're going and this is all the momentum that they have and this is how we're gonna grow with you help us be part of the story so it's like it's literally like the the rolling stone that gets bigger and bigger um as it goes
0: you are incredibly succinct and I just <laughs> I really just feel like this it. is why this is why I wanted to invite you is um I love how you speak you're um clear and it makes sense and it's simple you're not trying to use um confusing language or jargon I just love it and I think that is probably the best explanation for building a team that I've ever heard so thank you oh. You're very welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, this is on a macro sort of a, a planning strategic level. What are you really doing on a day-to-day level with your act? God. Um, so I want to stress, I'm sorry. I going to say
1: artists, not acts. Oh, well, either is. I mean, they're both artists and they're acts. Um, I do want to say, Then this can kind of slip into any point of the conversation, right, my experience as a manager, which is actually – only six years old, I started managing with Amel and the Sniffers. It's through a keyhole of my experience with them and with the artists that have followed them. And there are lots of different people who work with very different kinds of artists, who work with much bigger artists, who have been in the industry for 20 or 30 years, who, who may give you different answers to these questions that are, I'm going to say, uh, equally valid. Um, so when I tell you about what I do day to day, I don't think it's necessarily what all managers do day to day, mm, but this mm-hmm. is, you know, this is how my world is kind of shaped at the moment. So (laughs) (laughs) day-to-day, on any given day, I am planning tours. Uh, With our bigger artists, planning tours can mean having conversations with our booking agents and tour managers who are handling the logistical rollout. Um, With smaller acts, it can mean booking flights and booking hotels for them. It can mean looking at ticketing reports that are coming in and and talking to the band about what we can do around kind of promotions to increase sales. It can mean liaising with um, PR people and marketing people. We generally use ones that are embedded with labels about how we can enhance those sales. Um, It can be looking at recording contracts. It can be looking at... um, Merchandise deals, it can be coordinating the delivery of merchandise from design to uh, manufacturing to campaigns around merchandise. That's not even looking at an album campaign. If you look at an album campaign, it can be everything from um, facilitating rehearsal spaces for a band, talking to them about strategies around creativity and recording, um, talking to them about sources of inspiration through to Uh, planning and booking uh, and negotiating deals with producers, uh, recording spaces, looking at timelines for delivery, talking to the artists about... um, not just the masters and the mixing but also who's going to do the artwork, who's going to do the singles, who's going to do the press photos, what they're going to do for videos, coordinating with labels to talk about what the delivery deadlines are for all of these things, Um, having a very long view of our artists' careers, which, you know, in terms of our high-profile artists is we're like two years deep on planning releases and tours Um, and then being kind of reactive to the dozens of emails that you get every day from people being like, hey, I've got an idea involving your artist. Can we have a conversation about endorsement? Can we have a conversation about a brand partnership opportunity? Can we have, Hey, I'm a little record store from Columbus, Ohio. I would like to have a signing with your band. Can it be done? You know, is the, there's like a million trillion things that go into the, a million trillion, <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of things that go into the day-to-day business of running a, band and I'm just um, reacting to all of the stuff that comes in daily while at the same time trying to hold in a uh, mid and long-term strategic view of where the band is and where they want to be in three, six and 12 months and trying to line up things that are going to be in service of where they want to be in three, six, 12 months.
0: And that's just with one band. And that's with one band. And you currently take care of six artists with the team of- five five with a team of two you and yourself yourself and Andrew
1: yeah
0: wow so uh, (laughs) this begs the next question um, that I I love um so I mentor a group of artists who are starting out on their path you know giving them um some you know looking at a, a, a macro plan and granular next steps that they can take and then once they learn some best practices it's you know what's next for you But I always ask them, always think about what's in it for the other person before you go up to them and sort of ask them for something. Like, what is in it for them? And um, I want to bring that question to you. Mm. Um, I, I've, I have, you know, I've been attending music industry conferences for 15 plus years and I'm always bemused and um, uh, I've never managed an artist before except, you know, when I was an artist, or practising artist, I managed my own career. Um, it's a hard slog. It's a hard job. And um, they're, they're often not rewarded um, in the way that, you know, even even from a, a loyalty point of view, you know, there's, yeah. there's loads of artists that are just leaving and going to, jumping, jumping into bed with another manager, figuratively speaking, um, (laughs) (laughs) figuratively speaking. um, And, and so I want to ask what is in it for you? Why do you do this? Well, I'm going to segue
1: very slightly before I answer the question, because I heard something I found quite funny the other day, which is that apparently there's a kind of rumblings among the Melbourne creative community about how managers are, the term was the real estate agents of, uh, the music industry. And I was like, wow, that is really coming from perspective of somebody who has no experience of good management. Um, sorry. And no (laughs) understanding
0: of actual revenue. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, and how commercial industries work. Um, you know, but parking that for a second, parking the value that I bring, the value that this career brings to me is that I've been a lifelong music fan really, really passionate music fan um, and I work in the industry that I love and so not a day of my work feels like work. I am one of those truly hashtag blessed people <laughs> that gets to, um, yeah, just, just kind of gets to watch music all the time and be around music all the time and also give, but this sounds corny, I mean it very sincerely, that gets to um, bring value to uh, artists whose work enriches my life every day so I'm getting a lot out of it I'm giving a lot to it um and it's just making for a really good life which is not to say that it isn't incredibly hard work and quite taxing at times and as management at least our style of management which is is quite interpersonal and like it's like a family orientation with our artists you know has been incredibly emotionally taxing at times and um genuinely takes a pound of flesh um, at times but uh, I also at this point am profoundly lucky in that I get to like travel the world and go to music festivals and just see live music all the time and also take this immense joy in feeling like I'm supporting really incredibly talented people to achieve their dreams.
0: I yeah. sound like such a cornball. You but- know, I think the, the truth is quite simple. And I think um, it it resonates. Um, Our listeners are songwriters and artists, so they get the joy that creating brings and the joy that music brings. So you're not trying to convert an an audience here that doesn't get what you're saying. We get it. Yeah. We are music lovers, first and foremost. And it is an absolute joy. I mean, such a joy. I founded a songwriting club and I get to write songs all day. I mean, like, this is
1: the best. I mean, I wish. (laughs) It's weird to me, you know, <laughs> just just go like completely into the weeds. Um, it's weird to me that I've always loved music. since I was a really young kid, always loved music. But I've never, ever, ever had the compulsion to pick up a guitar and write a song. And I think it's because I just have an analytical brain. It's not that there's no creativity there, but it's primarily quite analytical. And I've always just been a really wonderful fan. I'm very mm. good at being a fan. I'm a very deep fan to the extent that like sometimes the artists that I work with, I'm like, you guys don't even love music as much as
0: I do. But I would... I hear you on that. I actually think sometimes music fans do love music more than musicians insofar as we love making it but maybe not the the consume the, like The, the consumption of and it. loving and living with it. Mm, mm. I
1: say I have this like line that I tear out whenever I meet a truly great artist I love where I'm like, you know, I know you're having a really great life touring the world and creating all the time but the one sad thing about your life is that you will never get to experience listening to you dancing to you being in the audience of your gig and that's makes me sad for you oh my god I, that's true it's amazing i'm really moved by that comment I've, and it's like i genuinely feel that way it's like i get it you're living the dream but you will never get to experience you through the heart of a fan and i you know th- that's there's a huge love. privilege in that
0: yeah i really love music a lot oh my gosh yeah you're special simone <laughs> Wow, you okay. Too, man. So, um, <laughs> um, sorry, I, I don't want to cut off that
1: thought there. So I was going to say, I wasn't actually super clear about it. And I think it's a really useful thing to know. Um, management is, an, is a gamble. Um, I feel like, and maybe this is a bit reductive, but I feel like as a creator you're actually, even though you might want to have a professional career and, and reach as big an audience as you can, the minute you've written a song there is some sort of kind of fulfilment in that practice, right, just in the ability to express yourself. With management, when it's your job, um, you are gambling, generally you're getting on very early in the hopes that something is going to become successful in profit-making down the line if that's what you do for a living. Um, always a gamble, never any guarantees um, and an immense amount of work to see if it's going to happen, a huge amount of work at the front end um, when you're not making any money. Or you're making negligible money. So that's why I think a lot of managers are very hesitant to get on board with artists. They need a lot of evidence that 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 gamble might actually pay off. Um, Also, as you said, there's not enough good managers and there's just an ocean of incredibly talented people in the world. So it's very, very important that you do as much as possible by yourself before you approach a manager and even if you, there's there's a weird tipping point that happens sometimes where people are like, but I've built all this stuff by myself, so why do I need you? I assure you, you're going to come to a point if you want to keep growing, you're going to need management if only because most people in the truly professional music industry will do not want to deal with an artist if they don't have management in place. You're too close to the creativity of what you're doing. It also reduces your capacity to be creative. It actually reduces your creative self if you have to, uh, be doing the business side of music all the time it's, it's diminishing to your creative brain but also yeah people literally they just don't like dealing with artist managers because they're, they're it's it's too personal that's too much emotion involved too much emotion involved they need that kind of business brain in between that business shield and it's to everyone's benefit but the way to ensure that you get the best possible management and there's lots of not great managers in the world right that's the reality the the way to make sure that you are giving your music the best opportunity or create the best opportunity that you can is to do as much work as you can by yourself to build your audience build your audience just get as much momentum as you can going by yourself and then you're going to have more choice
0: love it final question is around rejection Mm. artists Constantly talk about, you know, I put myself out there and I didn't get what I was after, or I didn't hear back from that person, or you know, um, how many conversations would it be? I mean, you know, there's always the rare thing that they just aligned and synchronized and met with this person and they signed them, or they decided that they were going to jump on board as a manager. But how many conversations do we really want to be having, and 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 should we be having, um, if we're at the right place in our career? Um, and also I suppose on that you're reaching out to other team members and other businesses on behalf of your artists and, you know, is it true that every artist is sort of faced with rejection? Is it happening both to those reaching out and, um, you know, at, a, at an artist level and also as a manager? Are you receiving that as well? I, like I, I just I love shining a spotlight on behind the scenes because we don't want to feel alone in thinking that everyone's turning me down. Or I'm not hearing back from people. What is the reality around this for you? You're not going to like my answer. Okay, cool. But it's as
1: honest as I can be. Success in the music industry and progress in the music industry is a weird dance where you can't or you shouldn't be asking people directly to be involved with you. They have to think that they've come to you. And so building hype, Right. If, you, if you're literally going, hey, I, I want a thing, I want you to work with me, it's a kind of a turn off. Think about it as just a bit of an ick thing, right? Whereas if the industry, if people, A, feel like they're discovering you, uh, but also feel like they are just ahead of a tide of people who are going to be interested in you. And also potentially if there's two people who are interested in you and they feel like it's a bit of a competition, it builds interest. It's a weird, creepy dance And rarely, in my experience, if you're going to somebody and going, hey, you don't know about me, but I would like to work (laughs) with you, coming in cold, rarely is that ever going to result in someone being like, oh, yeah, I'd never heard a thing about you, but hey, your music is super great, let's work together. It just doesn't work that way. Managers, Managers will hear about you the industry generally will hear about you because there's a buzz around you because audiences are going to see you and then you've got some really great curators who are out kind of doing their research and putting together little shows or maybe there's someone in the media who's like on their cutting edge or there are some like A&R kids who are working for bigger labels and agencies and it's their job to kind of sniff around and see where the buzz is and the buzz is where the audience is generally. Sometimes there's like a profound talent in a bedroom that gets discovered and labels are looking for that. They're trawling SoundCloud to find like the latest thing. But really when it comes to piecing together a team, it's about the buzz. If you build the audience, they will come.
0: I adore your answer.
1: Sorry. It's it not is nice. the
0: most transparent answer, really, I think, that I've heard. Again, it's just the, the, the beauty of your, of your clarity <laughs> of communication. Um, thank you. I love it Um, and it makes perfect sense and so therefore swim in your own lane and keep swimming and keep swimming and keep swimming and the audience will come, the people will come and watch you win that race or or your your race against yourself really essentially. Your your manager is not going to make your career successful, they're going to help you to grow it
1: in a really strategic way but they're not the ones who are actually going to get people to pay attention to you and they can burn a lot of um, professional capital trying to get that boulder moving focus on your audience, focus on your audience, focus on your content and building your audience. That's all you can do. That's really the best that you can do. And it will go from there.
0: Absolute legend. And I can see why you have won so many Australian um, uh, management awards and the Lighthouse (laughs) Awards. Like you are incredible and your artists are really lucky to have you working on their team. Thanks, uh, you should email them and tell them. Yeah, we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll pop a link in the show notes to um, the artists that you work with and your business and we wish you um, all the best with all the amazing work you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing so openly with us. Thank you. I hope you took away something valuable from this conversation and hopefully some next steps for yourself. If you're self-managing your career and want some guidance and support, please check out I Heart songwriting club forward slash Level Up Club. In my next conversation, I chat with Sweetie Zamora from Remote Control Records about record label deals. See you there. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. To help others connect with the magic of songwriting, we'd love it if you'd take a moment to rate or review our podcast or share it with anyone you think would benefit from it. And if you want to find your community of songwriters, visit us at iHeartSongwritingClub.com and let us help you reconnect with the magic of songwriting.